0: Dude, do you think your contact center is actually safe? Man, in 2022 alone, there was a 30% increase in the financial sector of data breaches. And this is like mainly contact center vulnerabilities? Mainly contact.
1: So like if I'm a
0: contact center
1: and I am not PCI compliant, what happens?
0: You might go out of business. You might be fined severely. You might, uh, you know, lose customer branding, um, lose loyalty. I mean...
1: Enormous impact. So today we're going to find out exactly how to address that on this episode of Cloud Sherpa. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Cloud Sherpa. We talk about all kinds of things from tech, cloud solutions, maintaining the biblical worldview. Today, we're talking about PCI compliance. Bro, I want you to talk to me like a caveman for a moment. If I'm just getting introduced to this, or maybe I'm just unfamiliar with all the acronyms because there's a million, Mm you know, depending on the industry. What is
0: PCI? What is that? PCI, payment card industry, DSS part of it, data security standards, right? Okay. Um, so basically anybody that takes credit card information over the phone, um, DTMF tones, in other words, pushing a button on the phone and in, in putting your information, gosh, it, even on web transactions, all that. So you've got to make sure that your customer's data is protected no matter what. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then there's some severe penalties. Which is good, right? I'm thinking as a customer, whether I'm swiping at a gas
1: station, a pump outside or inside, that's like you said, mm-hmm. if I'm like making an Amazon checkout or like call centers, in the ones I've been in, this I've seen different methods. They're like the one where the agent doesn't hear anything at all. Others where you only have as an agent two minutes or a minute to capture all the data, right? So they'll ask if you have your card yeah. before they hit that recording. This is all falls under that umbrella, right? Yeah. So what what's the role of this specifically in the contact center? What I mean, we just talked about a massive amount of vulnerabilities. That like it's a, it doesn't feel good when you learn more about cybersecurity. These things get scary. So how what role does this play specifically in the contact center?
0: In the contact center, it's huge because most people are. Of course, you're not paying with cash. You know, you're not going to Venmo somebody in a contact center. You're going to use a credit card, right? That's right. Um, so how do you secure that information? How do you, um, make sure that, uh, the agent doesn't hear that information? Um, cause I mean, not everybody's honest. Mm-hmm. And what if that agent wants to go, uh, maybe I can just, you know, slide a little something into that guy's credit card. He wouldn't notice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when somebody's on a call, there's different ways to handle that mm-hmm. and different, Software is gonna handle it differently, right? So maybe it's gonna provide white noise where the person' speaking their con or or their uh, card information. Maybe it's gonna provide um you know um s- some sort of tone over uh, that or it just blocks out the call altogether, and the recording stops the agent is basically pressing a button and that forces the software to stop recording. And the person can speak or input their credit card information. And then everything is secured. Nobody hears anything. Uh, The system doesn't transcribe that. Mm -hmm. If it does, it might put X's over the uh, number in the transcription. So a lot of those kind of safeguards are in place today with Mm -hmm. most most of the contact center platforms that handle PCI. So they can help you be compliant, but they're not going to force you to be compliant. You still gotta have regular audits and things of that nature. Yeah, even on like the floor, they I
1: know they would just like ban having like being able to write on a pad, which I think is like I get why. The idea is that you don't want as an agent somebody to be able to just scribble down someone's credit card number, right? Because I think that's where like the in-house audit happens, the in-person audit. But there should be like a technology audit of this too instead of just trusting that the machine itself does its job. Like well, you would hope it would on paper, but like we've seen other um, you know interesting electoral ones that don't work. Well we expect them to work the right ways. Mm-hmm. So in the context of like the, the payment information, it becomes a major offset for the brand too. Sure. It's not just the fact that like you lose like the data for the customer and then you got to deal with all the, the recovery charges of that, but then it's like the loss of the trust which you can't pay for fast enough when you lose that with customers. So like how how, how do the consequences play into the noncompliance?
0: Well, the, the fines can range anywhere from five thousand to fifty thousand dollars or more a month as know n- just from the um, uh, on, on the PCI uh, compliance fines. Um, but I think the bigger consequence is the loss of brand the loss of loyalty. Uh, I think the stat is somewhere around like 69% of um, consumers that know of a large company that had, has, has had a data breach. Mm-hmm. They won't do business with that company again. Um, or they may back off of that company and, and it's going to take time to build trust, yeah. right? Yeah. A lot of people uh, you know, did that with Target mm-hmm. when Target had a massive data breach. So a lot of people shop shopping there. Um, sales go down, mm-hmm. stock prices dip. Mm-hmm. You know, people get laid off. Um, you lose brand loyalty. Um, that's huge. And then think about it this way. So how many credit card companies do we have today? I mean, like,
1: like the main one? ones? Yeah. Uh, like four, right? It's like the main this visa. It's like the uh, 900 pound yep. realtor room, right? You got uh, MasterCard, MasterCard, right? Amex and Discover.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. They're pretty much the big guys, yeah, right? those are like the ones. So let's say, you know, Visa's 40% of your business. Um, You've got uh, MasterCard at 30% of your business. You've got uh, Amex at 20 and 10% of Discover. I think that equals 100. Um, anyway, so let, let's say uh, just one of them. Let's say Amex says... You know, hey, um, you've had too many PCI uh, data breaches. Um, we're dropping you. You can't run Visa through your company anymore. <laughs> like if you lose Visa, maybe not. Maybe you won't
1: bark if it's a nil ten percent from your Discover, God. right? But like if it's a Visa of the fourth, yeah. It. So
0: how many companies can afford to lose forty percent of their business overnight? Oh man,
1: I guess this bleeds right back into the financial impact of it all, right? Like if not, if not being clear about your process on Checking up right on that, how secure the system is, and is it does it does it keep up with what's happening in the now? Like I think about one thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago was compute, like quantum computing, learning how to like really break some of the systems that have already been in place for so long. So uh, while I'm not trying to jump across topics too far, the financial impact is what we're getting into, mm-hmm. and like I I see it with you, the branding issue, the target I think is a good example. Like you can't pay for people to come back fast enough. So should like a, a, a situation like what happened with the shutdowns that happened during a time yeah. frame where you're trying to build trust back after you lost it, that, that would be really horrible timing.
0: <laughs> and so you're talking about, okay, do I spend 40 to $80,000 a year to be compliant? Um, And what is my risk tolerance? You know, um, am I willing to do that audit? Once a year, every other year, uh, maybe I want to do it once a quarter, depending mm-hmm. on what my risk tolerance is and, and how much data mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, ingesting. Right. Um, but the, the bottom line is, you know, you got to look at how much risk is worth the reward. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And this is also where like, to your point on like being clear of how risk averse you're willing to be. Like sometimes that ha- that, that goalpost mm-hmm. needs to sh- change a little bit based on the way that, like I think about this, dude, like if, you're, if your customer experience matters and you probably should
0: care about the security. Yeah. In 2020 alone, call centers saw 40% increase in attacks. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot.
1: And then contact centers, when you outsource it, they still, you still have that problem. Yeah. If, I, if I said that offshore, they still need to deal with that. And then you're just offshoring that problem
0: hoping that they don't ruin your brand. Yeah, I think we just forced a lot of bored people to go on the, sit on a keyboard and <laughs> find something to do. Yeah, which... let <laughs> go hack into a company.
1: Yeah, right. There's a lot of Cheeto dust on fingers nowadays, right? Uh, from, from people finding something to do. And then you got, honestly, like the amount of free data on becoming like even a white hat hacker. It's just so, it's so readily available that you just have to dip your toes in it to find out if not only are you competent enough to handle it, but... Where where that instruction comes from, because that'll also speed up your learning curve, um, in, in today's market. So, when it comes to like being um compliant, then there's a process that needs to take place. Like technology is going to be a part of it, bro. But then there's the process of it. And I think we we kind of started touching into that. How how do I begin that process of assessing if I am how risk averse I am, or willing to be? So I
0: think it all starts with um, you know. Like we always say, stop dealing with direct salespeople. Look at somebody that's independent. Work with like a a technology advisor that can come in and maybe run an audit for you. Um, And maybe not run an audit through their company, but use an independent company that's going to come in and do that audit, right? So let's figure out, you know, where's the benchmark? Where are we at, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then figure out what holes we need to plug. The second part of that I think is, uh, employee training. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. um, there's some good cyber companies out there and, and a good, um, technology advisor can, uh, point a company toward different, um, cyber companies that can, you know, look at the holes in your organization and try to plug those holes as, as best as possible. But they can also do the ongoing like phishing attacks. Um, where they'll test your employees, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe they're going to do the, you know, fr- uh, front end pen testing, the penetration testing. You know, then they plug those holes, but then you got to come back and go, okay, is everybody still handling data the way they should be? Are people clicking on PDFs yeah. that they shouldn't be? Yeah. Um, are your uh, your email spam filters and and things of that nature working correctly? Uh, so there needs to be some ongoing training um, because the majority of hacks come from just somebody clicking on the wrong thing.
1: Yeah. Or like, I mean, it's like funny because it's not just limited to clicking. It could be plugging up. Sure. Right. Like, and then you have people who have different uh, approaches on how they talk about cybersecurity, depending if the agent is sent home versus they're still in-house or they come back in-house and there isn't any, like reacclimating to why that training is important. Now that you're back in the office, hey, this is what we should be doing. So, to your point, I like the testing.
0: Yeah. I mean, think of somebody's at home working. So, COVID's a great test case for this, right? We sent all these call center agents at home. Um, let's send you home. Uh, just open up your laptop, log into the software. Um, but what if they didn't use a headset? Uh, and you know, somebody overhears and it might not be, you know, PCI or credit card information. Maybe it's health information, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they might have three roommates and <laughs> your roommates are working from home too. And somebody overhears somebody, that's a data breach.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, it, and if that can be proved in court, that can be a hefty, hefty fine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and then this is dealing kind of with the way that we, put people through our processes as far as internally. It's like a chain. It's a people issue that we're talking about now. It's
0: training. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, put, put some headphones on, you know, Mm -hmm. don't let somebody speak out into the air over a speaker.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, and then setting those parameters in place on expectations too. Right. Um, for, for the agent, but then like, there's also technology that can be put in place to help like facilitate these things too. So is there any like way that, yeah, I think you mentioned like an independent guy would be able to help with the auditing of that, for instance. Um, without having some type of, you know, slated motive, because mm-hmm. it would really be, it's like, you know, we do this with medicine, right? The third-party yeah. testing is the whole point. Bring that other party in unbiased, right? And then be able to come out with just the numbers and then, like, believe that the numbers aren't lying here. Right. So so in the terms of the technology, how would you, how would you go about addressing that portion of
0: the process? So, so when it comes to the technology, I mean, you got to look for... Um, do we have encryption, uh, not just on the data, but on the voice? Uh, yes. Voice can be encrypted. Um, so a lot of the, go going back to like the call center, you know, uh, platforms, uh, you've got the telecom circuit that's bringing the call in, but that call typically these days is going to be VoIP. Okay. Um, so if, if I can encrypt that, you know, uh, call and then... When I transcribe it on the back end, mm-hmm. like we are talking about being able to block out any kind of uh, private information, um, personal information or data that, that can be stolen. Those are the things we want to look for. Um, but we have to sit down. So when, when we sit down with a uh, call center, we want to go, OK, let us shadow you for a day or two. Let's see how you work. Let's see you know, what data you're handling. What applications are you touching? Um, if I understand all that, then I know how people are, you know, handling that data. And then we can go into, you know, how much care is put into the handling of that data, mm-hmm. you know, and if we understand that, then we can start putting together the, you know, fences around it, whether that's building an encryption, um, maybe looking at a different platform. Um, maybe you've got your call center software in house, but you don't have the transcription piece of it may not be up to par where it needs to be today. Okay. Well, uh, so so we can bulk on different applications to mm-hmm. what you're doing instead of doing a forklift upgrade on a contact center. Mm-hmm. It just depends on, you know, how you want to handle it and, you know, uh, how much money you want to throw at it, too, because... Yeah, that's a factor. Yes, so if it's, isn't cheap.
1: Yeah. And it's like, that's where it's the one thing we've seen with how many people have just branded AI or whatever it is that they're doing that people want, that they, they're d- attracted to the buzzword. Right. And that's okay to a degree, because I do think being on the bleeding edge and leading the pack is important, but there's times where like, I can see how, and let me just use AI as the leverage here where I could use AI to both help me in the process of detecting fraud, but then also there's a, the evil side of it where it's committing it. Like someone set a program up to help hit, you know what I mean? And try to find a a, a a hole in my system a lot faster. So what do you think is like the future state of the technology that's going to be in place with all this technology that's emerging?
0: So AI is definitely on the forefront right now, right? Um, as you know, I was at Techonomy um, at uh, the Wave Hotel in Lake Nona, and we were talking about this with a lot of leaders in the industry today um about ai um and when we look at breaches uh what well, we have to be really careful of is like there's all these ai tools out there today um and even call center agents yeah. have downtime they get bored mm-hmm. they go to their computer what if your call center agent is you know maybe trying to just you know, put together a better pitch, right? So they could open up Chat GPT. Mm-hmm. Maybe they even have Chat GPT 4, right? Uh, the paid version. Um, so 4 can go out and scrub the internet. Um, and maybe they want to take some company data and put that into Chat GPT mm-hmm. and load that as talking points and then ask the chat to give it um, maybe, you know, use this information to structure a good pitch uh, so that they can get better. Okay. Okay. You just gave away company data. So (laughs) you stuck that into chat GPT. So if you're not taking those prompts, and storing them somewhere, mm-hmm. then you could potentially be risking company data just in prompting some of these AI mm-hmm. tools. Wow. So my point is, as a company, don't let your people use AI tools and animals, Uh mm. Because otherwise, you could literally potentially be giving away company information.
1: Man, I think if, if we could convey that to to the staff as well, like the frontline call center agent, they'd they'd really be able to have a better grasp as to why the compliance stuff isn't just because the company's forcing you to do it or just because they're trying to make sure that they don't get fined, which is important. But then you can get disconnected from how the company is doing at times Mm -hmm. when you're on the front lines, especially if there isn't good communication with the leadership staff to the frontline employee on this.
0: Yeah, and and... so... The te- technological leader at uh Deutsche Bank uh that was there at the conference, he was stressing very much to to make sure you secure those prompts. Um but the CTO at uh Medtronic, um he was talking with us and uh he he brought up an interesting thing is that because these LLMs are at somebody else's data center, mm-hmm. right? that the AI is dipping into. So it's, it's trained off of those LLMs. So Medtronic said, you know what, let's build our own. Um, Mm -hmm. so they literally stood up their own server in house and they're building their, they put all their company data into it and it becomes their own LLM. Mm -hmm. Now I got it inside of a box Mm -hmm. where it's not going out to the internet. It's not, um, sourcing information that I don't want it to source yeah. and sourcing my company data and it becomes my large language model and nobody else's. Yeah. Because the internal uh, Google at that point, right? As opposed mm-hmm. to exposing myself to the entire go internet, the enterprise side, you're going to see a lot of that. But look, small and, and mid-market enterprises, they can't afford that. Yeah. That's a lot of money that goes in. These are expensive servers. Yeah. Um, they have to be really beefy. You know, I mean, we're a small business and we've got like, what, a couple terabytes of data? Yeah, easy. It's easy. And that's, I think even now, so like
1: I'm not in a call center environment today, but I also, it's just made me check myself on the data that I'm putting into GPT, for instance, just because of how it's becomes a form of shadow IT almost. Like maybe somebody who you wouldn't expect to to do shadow IT Mm -hmm. is inadvertently by the processes that they're trying to solve for. So that's like a bit concerning. It just makes cybersecurity a little bit more of a top of mind thing where, again, I think we include this as part of the journey process for both the the external customer, the end user, yeah. the, the agent, the in-house people, because it's not just agents. I mean, you got all kinds of levels of staff looking for solutions or finding and hearing about things and willing to, to dip their toes in, right, or sign up for some free trial or something. And that's how you end up compromising, right? It's It's through these like the holes in the boat. As I say, the devil's in the details, right? So doing these audits seem like something that's probably wiser to invest the time in now to do before even just trying to add more technology on top of what you're currently
0: doing. Definitely want to start with audit, train, and then assist and and just continual, you know, refinement of that, that. Refining it continually. So, I mean, dude, we talked about like, we talked about some of the tech
1: side of it right now is what we're getting out of. We talked about reputation management. Has mm-hmm. dealt with this, the financial side, whether it's like a lot or a little, it's gonna cost you. And if it doesn't cost you now, it's gonna cost you if it gets compromised, which we don't want. That's the point of this episode. So, like now what? From here, wh- where do
0: we go? Well, look, I, I think again, it goes back to um find a good, you know, technology advisor that you can work with uh that will point you in the right direction, um, and provide some guidance around it. As a CTO or a technology buyer, especially in smaller to mid-market companies, um, they don't have a lot of the big resources. So, you know, lean on those external resources. You don't have to know everything. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of great advisors out there these days. You know, we're part of the technology advisor alliance. Um, and we kind of have a bit of a fiduciary responsibility between one another, you know, to to work with each other and to help each other out. Um, but that fiduciary responsibility also uh, parlays into the client mm-hmm. relationship. Um, so definitely find somebody you trust, find somebody that can uh, give you some guidance and, um, you know, help you do the audits and, and just continual um, refinement of that process. Well, I think it's uh, important to the accountability that comes with that
1: um, the financial responsibility there, and I mean, we do as business people have a, that responsibility to our customers there in a way—not maybe in stocks, but they're still shareholders of trust.
0: you yeah. <laughs> look, well, Target can can afford a little bit of a reputation ding, right? Mm-hmm. Small and mid-market companies can't. Yeah, you know, I mean, a, a a reputation ding to a you know a company that's only doing you know twenty fifty million a year—that can be huge. Yeah. Right, and then this
1: so this that concern the, the if a card cuts off you being able to process them concern there's like just a lot of entry points. So at that, I think if we can count it all joy, right? Well, we'll we encountered trials of many kinds. We certainly can, but I would highly advise anyone listening to this if you need some help, man, get it, get it. It's not going to be worth waiting.
0: Yes, yeah. and look, P- PCI is the tip of the spear, right? I mean, um, we're, we're going to get into down the road. We're going to talk a little bit about HIPAA. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, how do you secure that HIPAA information, all the healthcare information? Yeah. Um, you know, we'll talk about probably even some other, um, compliance requirements around say socks or FinTech and things of that nature. Um, it's important Mm -hmm. and and it all goes back to, you know, your security posture. Man. Well said.
1: So, on that, I think, uh, unless we're going to end a rolling this episode into HIPAA now, we probably should cut this one and we'll, we'll talk about the compliance for the next one for HIPAA. Yeah, um, I think this is
0: enough for one.
1: Yeah. So thanks for joining us today on this episode of Cloud Sherpa. We're looking forward to having you come back. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you're new. We look forward to continue updating and really plain languaging a lot of this technological stuff as we continue advancing into the future state of where where we're going. So till then, Loop 923.